You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Welcome, everybody. It is great to have you join us this morning to all of our at-home locations. Welcome. Uh, I bet it's awesome to, uh, to get to have church. And I was thinking about this this morning for many of you. This is the first time in months that you got in your car and drove to church. How cool is that? I hope you guys are having a blast. Uh, as was mentioned in the video, uh, if you aren't connected to an at-home location, check one out, join one, or you can host one. So that's going to be an awesome opportunity. Today, we're kicking off a brand new series we're calling The Antioch Experiment. And uh, a few years ago, uh, I read a book uh, called Mavericks at Work. And, and this book really outlined some uh, incredible companies in our world that were really being operated in a different way. And uh, a lot of these companies are really model examples of what it means to, to lead business in today's context, today's culture. And, and in the book, they, they outlined certain companies like Southwest Airlines or, or Chick-fil-A that had proven a different model That was based not simply on making money, but doing business for the good. Uh, uh, The example of companies like this have portrayed have transformed how industry and business are being done today. It's no longer simply about the bottom line, but about the values that drive an organization. And because of that, there's been an explosion of cause-oriented commerce that has changed nearly every company in industries across the world in all industries. And, and, and there aren't simply model organizations like this in the for-profit world, but also in the church world. Uh, and, and we learn uh, a lot from churches, model churches across our country and the world. We've learned so much. And, and while we rarely adopt something without putting our own Calvary twist on it, we've learned so much from these models and they've been so beneficial to us. And, and with that said, one of the greatest examples we see isn't a modern church, but actually a church that was started some 2,000 years ago in the ancient city of Antioch. And Antioch was located in what is now Syria, uh, it was a, a, an intersect, popular intersection of commerce and trade in first century Roman Empire. Because of this, it was a very cosmopolitan city. It was very, very diverse. And, and Antioch was located about 300 miles north of Jerusalem, which was the birthplace of the church. And while the church started in Jerusalem, uh, what would take place in Antioch and through the church there would launch the, the global church into a different time period, a different season, a different level of impact. And and over the next four weeks, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be walking through four things that we saw present in the church in Antioch that I believe can help us lead well as a church in 2020, and not just us as a church, but as individuals, as families. The things that we saw uh, evidenced in the culture there at this church in Antioch, I think can change and impact us. Today, we're going to be talking about leading with the Holy Spirit, leading and following the Holy Spirit. Next week, we're going to talk about developing people, the importance of believing in people. And the week after that, we'll talk about leading with conviction. And we're going to close out the series at the end of June, talking about living out of generosity. And and now, in a pandemic, let alone everyday life, it can be difficult as a church and as individuals 
to know which direction is the right direction. I don't know if you have difficulty sometimes, man, making decisions. And, and generally, you're not deciding between a really good option and a really bad option, which is easy. You're deciding between a good option and maybe a great option. And, and it can be confusing and, and difficult. And for us as a church, we're trying to make incredibly complex decisions of how to proceed through our stages of engagement, how to continue to serve and care for our community around us, and how, how, how to keep our church family connected. These are far from easy decisions with very unclear pathways in front of us. And I empathize with many of our uh, elected officials and community leaders who are trying to navigate such complex times that impact thousands, if not millions of people. And in the church, these circumstances by themselves could make any pastor go crazy and second guess everything we do. There's no textbook for this. None of us had a class on this. Uh, and, and, and on top of that, every church, every community is different. So the question is, what do we do? Do we just do what seems right to us or like whatever we feel like doing? Or do we do what every other church is doing? How do we know the path forward? How do we know what steps to take? In the first century, the early church was equally faced with a very incredible odds, complex situations. For them, it was the threat of persecution, imprisonment, even death. It was the ever-growing church and how to properly disciple and develop the thousands that were beginning to follow Jesus. It, it was fulfilling the calling and mandate that Jesus gave through the Great Commission, understanding that they had to take the gospel to the ends of the earth with limited resources. It was an equally complex time for them. And, and the early church's response, and more specifically, the, the response of the church in Antioch, has honestly been an incredible, remarkable model for us as we've walked through this season as a church ourselves. And it's not just a model for a church and how a church functions. It's really an example of how we lead our lives, how we lead ourselves and lead our families. To see how Antioch found themselves to be a place that was one of the primary engines for the first century church in advancing the gospel around the world, you just need to step into one of those pivotal moments that launched the church into the stratosphere. And, and this moment that we're going to look at today is recorded in the New Testament book of Acts in chapter 13. And if you're not familiar, Acts is uh, the fifth book in the New Testament, which is the second part of the Bible. And in chapter 13, starting in verse 1, here's what we read. It says, Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And, and we see a, a couple really big things here that I believe impact us today. First, we have watched over and over again the events that have transpired these last couple weeks and have forced the conversation back to the surface of race and prejudice in our world. And I think it's an important conversation. In the church, there is no room for racism because uh, we are children of God. This doesn't mean that we're colorblind, but, but that we recognize the unique gifting and wiring that God has given to each of us as his children. We need to appreciate our diversity and embrace the unique fingerprints of God on each and every one of us without playing into the world's stereotypes and our own prejudice. And this is something we see right out of the gate here in the church in Antioch. There's five men here praying. All five come from different backgrounds and ethnicities. And yet, 
They're all praying and working together in this beautiful picture of unity through the Holy Spirit. What, a, what an incredible picture we saw in the church in Antioch, right from the beginning, the first century church. And as they're praying, God begins to download the solution to the problem that Jesus had presented with his great commission. How in the world are we supposed to take the gospel to the ends of the earth? And who should go? What's the means? What's the approach? Maybe you've had those discussions before, like you have a problem and you're trying to figure out the solution and you have limited resources and you're trying to figure out how are we going to do this? How is this going to work? How, how do we get this addition on our house? Or how do we move forward in our marriage even though it's difficult right now? Or how, what are we going to do in this situation? And, and this is where the church was. How do we do this? How do we fulfill the Great Commission? The Holy Spirit, in this moment as they're praying and fasting, the Holy Spirit begins to download the solution. The answer, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. This wasn't simply a a little answer to prayer. This would be a monumental shift for the early church's approach. It would begin the missionary journey of arguably one of the greatest, most influential missionaries in church history. Uh, A man named Saul, or as he's better known by his Greek name, Paul. Paul would go on to plant churches throughout most of the Roman Empire over the course of four different missionary journeys. This first missionary journey that started in Antioch would span some two years and over 1,200 miles. Paul became a force in the early church. In fact, he wrote a good portion of the New Testament. This is how it all started right here as the Holy Spirit begins to lead them and guide them. And and what we see here in this snapshot in time that we're given from the church in Antioch is the solution and way forward And it wasn't found through the discussions of wise scholars or leaders. Not that there's anything wrong with that because that is good. But the path forward and the solution came from the leading of the Holy Spirit. It was a divine answer to prayer. As a church, I promise you we will fail miserably at leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. If we simply base it on our own ability. If we're not led by the Holy Spirit. While we have amazing leaders that exhibit unique creativity, are able to function at a very high level of excellence and execute plans, and they do an incredible job, we will fall short of God's calling for us as a church unless we're willing to lean into what the Holy Spirit is saying and how he's leading. This is because the Holy Spirit gives us a heavenly perspective, not simply our limited angle of a situation. Later in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 15, and there was a disagreement that presented the potential to divide the church at its very inception. It was a disagreement uh, about whether or not Christians had to follow strict Jewish laws. So uh, there was kind of two sides and good arguments on both sides. One argument would say, you know, you, you don't have to do this. We're following Jesus. We're not following Jewish customs. And another side said, no, this came out of Judaism and, and, and we need to follow those strict Jewish customs. And, and, and the debate would go uh, back and forth. And, and this was a big decision because it would affect how the church moved forward for thousands of years. Uh, this was a massive moment. And the decision would be made at the Council of Jerusalem. And and the whole Council of Jerusalem is outlined and recorded in Acts chapter 15. As the leaders discussed and debated the situation, being led by the Holy Spirit, they come to a decision. And it's so telling how they communicated this decision. Here's what it says in Acts chapter 15, verse 28. It says this, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. And, and, And what they would do 
as they would then list a few minimal requirements which are still applicable for us today. And it's so interesting that they didn't say, we are certain, we are 100% sure this is what you should do, but rather it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. What a lesson for us today. Being led by the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that we get clear, definitive writing on the wall and everything is perfect, but that we follow the promptings and leadings of the Holy Spirit with a measure of certainty, but not necessarily complete certainty. I I think this shows us an example of humility in the process of being led by the Holy Spirit. It's not a matter of superiority or arrogance, but of humility to give up the personal choice and preference, and instead listen to what the Holy Spirit is leading. As a church, this is where we need to be. As families, as individuals, this is where we need to be. Because when we're led by the Holy Spirit, we get to experience what the Holy Spirit can produce. Or another way of saying that, and this is what I want to share with you today, is that Holy Spirit results only happen through Holy Spirit responses. If we want to see what the Holy Spirit can produce, we have to be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and respond. To see the supernatural, the results that make you stand back in awe of our church or, or in awe of what he's done in our families or in our careers and our communities. To see those remarkable things happen, things that God has created for you to initiate, for, for you to produce. To see this take place in our world, it requires we aren't led by our own feelings our own intellect, or simply our own opinions, not that any of that is wrong, but that ultimately it demands that we listen to the Holy Spirit, just as the church in Antioch did, and move forward when it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And, and here's the question. Well, what, does that, what does that mean? What, what does that mean? It means that we are willing to take time to pray, but also to listen. Back to Acts chapter 13, verse 2. This is what it said about this this situation, this story we see in the church in Antioch. It said, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and that's great. Like they're worshiping and they're fasting and seeking God. Then there's a comma and it says, the Holy Spirit said. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, comma, the Holy Spirit said. You'll never hear what the Holy Spirit is saying if you're not willing to listen. I, I want to challenge you with, as we kind of wrap up with these two things today. I want you to take time this week, every day, set aside time, and I want you to pray. I'll, I'll, but I don't want you to just pray. I want you to pray with a notepad with you. Or, or maybe the notes app on your phone opened. And, and as you pray, begin to write down what you're sensing the Holy Spirit is saying to you. That, that might sound really odd to you. You might think, that sounds stupid and crazy. But, but you'll never hear what the Holy Spirit is saying unless you're willing to listen. Unless you take a posture of understanding, saying, I'm ready. God, I've got my notebook here. I, I've got my, my, my app open. And, and you begin to pray. Don't just sit there and wait for God to write it on the wall. But really begin to pray and to worship. And as the Holy Spirit prompts you, begin to write things down. Take time to worship and pray, but also to listen. And I'm not saying everything you write down will be the divine words of God, but it could be an indicator of what God is trying to speak to you in this time, in this season. Start to exercise your spiritual listening ears. This is important for us as a church, but I believe it's equally important as you lead your family, as you you lead yourself in your workplace 
or, or in your, your neighborhood or your apartment complex, that you're able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and act and step out in obedience. I believe one of the greatest errors and shortfalls for us as believers, as followers of Jesus in 2020, isn't that we don't know enough, but that we don't listen enough. We have to be willing to stop and to listen. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking. He's trying to help us. We live in a very complex world where situations, decisions are so much more than we even realize. And the Holy Spirit has the path forward. He has the solution. But we have to be willing to listen. This week, take time to pray. Take time to worship. But come with a posture of understanding, a willingness to listen. Get that notepad and pen ready. Get that app ready. I'll tell you for myself personally, I have watched God bring more supernatural solutions in those moments of prayer and worship because I was saying, God, this is you, and we surrender to him and we give it to him and God begins to give you ideas. When you write them down, don't, don't stop and like sit there for an hour and write. Just put a few notes and keep praying, keep worshiping, keep pressing in. Allow God to download through his Holy Spirit those solutions. When we're following the Holy Spirit, when we're led by the Holy Spirit, we get to see Holy Spirit results. The second thing I want to share with you is this. I want to challenge you with. Take time to pray and worship, but also to listen. But also we see something here in Acts 13 that I think is key for us. Supernatural, miraculous things happen as the church fasts and prays collectively together. We're in a season of uncertainty. What, what's going to happen this summer? What's going to happen these coming months? This last six months this year has been a crazy year. None of us could have ever expected uh, this to be what we're experiencing, what we walk through. I believe that God wants to do great things in the following six months of this year that, that, that he could have never done before. But it's going to take us as a church fasting and praying and listening and, and I believe that what's ahead for us isn't going to happen simply through our own ability, but as we fast and pray and seek God together. This isn't something that is relegated simply for some spiritual elite group or those with certain titles. The Holy Spirit wants to lead all of us as we lead our homes, as we lead our, our lives. What I want to challenge you is let's collectively hear from the Holy Spirit this month and lead through the second half of this year with a new level of awareness and understanding that, that we don't simply lean our own perspective or opinions, but what God is wanting to, to speak to us. So every Wednesday this month in June, at noon, we're taking time to fast and to pray. Wherever you find yourself, maybe you're at work, maybe you're at home, maybe you're in the car, I want you to give up lunch every Wednesday this month and take 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and I want you to pray. Pray for our church. Keep that notepad right by you, that notes app. And if the Holy Spirit begins to speak, write it down. Share it with us. Maybe it's for your family. Share it with your family. Share it with your spouse. Share it with your kids. Lead the way in your home, not based on you're the, the greatest gift to this world, that you've got it all figured out as a father or as a mother or, 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 or whatever, but that you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Say, kids, hey, I was praying this week. And I felt God speak this to me. I want to share it with you guys. What an incredible example you can set for your children and for your home. As a church, 
we're taking time as a staff, as leaders, to fast and pray with you every Wednesday at noon. Join us this Wednesday at noon, wherever you might be. Fast, pray, listen to the Holy Spirit. Share what God speaks to you. I believe God has something special in store for us in the months to come. It's not going to happen based on our own intellect. It's going to happen as we listen to the solutions the Holy Spirit has. Because Holy Spirit results only happen through Holy Spirit responses when we're willing to step out in obedience, to listen to what he says and to do. Maybe you're here today and and you're watching and you're saying, man, I jumped on this, this online broadcast and church isn't really my thing and this isn't really something I'm accustomed to. And, and your heart is beating and you're, you're, there's something uneasy. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You might not be familiar with it, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to you as he's done for so many throughout history. And he's wanting you to know this, that, that no one, God hasn't given up on you. Whether, whether or not others have given up on you or, or, or whether or not you've maybe made some mistakes that have held you back, God hasn't given up on you. And, 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 and God wants you to know that he has things that he wants to do through your life, results that seem impossible right now. He wants to accomplish things that others have said can't be done through your life. But it's not going to happen until you respond to the Holy Spirit. And, and your response today, for some of you, is to surrender your life to Jesus. Meaning, God, I'm going to put my plans aside. I'm going to pick up your purposes. I'm, I'm going I'm to recognize that my past is my past. And I'm going to receive your forgiveness of those things I've done wrong. The Bible calls sin. And I'm going to commit my life to live for God's purposes. Not my purposes, not my plans, but for God's purposes. I want to begin this step. And the pathway for you might seem unclear, but here's the path. It's accepting Christ's forgiveness and living for his purposes. For some of you, that's the step you need to take. And I don't want to move past this moment. We're going to receive communion in a moment, but I don't want to move past this moment without giving you an opportunity to say, today, I want to commit my life to follow Jesus. I want to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. You might not even recognize it's the Holy Spirit speaking, but you want to respond in this moment. So wherever you are, Calvary at home locations, if you're watching on your phone, we're going to pray together. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. I'm not going to, you know, uh, do anything super spiritual or crazy. It's just a conversation with God that I want to lead you in. So can you pray this prayer with me as you share these words, not from your head, just repeating, but from your heart as you're you're talking to God. And I want to lead you in that conversation. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for not giving up on me. Holy Spirit, thank you for drawing me to this place, that this time in history. I was able to connect with this broadcast and hear what you have to say for me, for my life in this moment. Today, I want to step into the path you have for me, that the Holy Spirit is leading me on. Today, I accept your forgiveness through Jesus. I commit to live for your purposes, for the plans you have for me. Give me the strength and the courage to follow you all the days of my life and to show your love to the world around me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Maybe you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you've prayed that prayer before and you committed your life to Jesus but you kind of walked away, kind of went your own way. I believe that today is a new day, that you have a new destiny a new future as you follow Jesus. And we want to help you on that journey, that that you're not in this alone, 
And if that's you, I want you to text new to Jesus to 55498. New to Jesus to 55498 so we can get some resources in your hands digitally to help you continue that journey so we can come alongside you virtually and help you continue to follow Jesus. Congratulations, that's an incredible moment. For all of us today, those at our Calvary at home locations and wherever you might be, today we're gonna celebrate communion together. As we kick off this month, I was so excited we get to kick off our Calvary at home locations with communion. Because communion is more than just some religious obligation and ritual we do. If you go back to the original moment, the Last Supper, as Jesus gathered with his disciples, it wasn't about the moment. It was about the relationships. You had 12 men gathered around a table, eating a meal, breaking bread. And Jesus, in that moment, through relationship, would would unpack what was about to happen, that he was going to give his life for them and for the world. And he, and he takes this meal of the Passover, a Jewish meal that many of these men had celebrated before, and he adds new meaning, new purpose to it. And he, he's saying in that moment, out of relationship, I want to share with you. And, and you, for those of you at our Calvary at Home locations, you have the, the wafer and the cup. If you want to peel back that first layer and that, that wafer you have there. In that wafer, that, that bread represents Christ's body. And Jesus gathered with his disciples and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And then he has the cup and he rep- explains that this is representing my blood to be poured out. Out of relationship, in a communal setting, like many of us at our Calvary at home locations, they, they gathered and they remembered. And that's what he said. You're going to remember. And in Corinthians, Paul would say, but that we are to do this in remembrance of what Christ did, the sacrifice he made, that he broke his body, literally took pain, was pierced for us, for our transgressions, for our wrong. And, and the cup representing the, the lifeblood that was poured out of him, that he gave of his very life, of his very being. What does that mean for us today? It means that we're not in this on our own, that we're not trying to figure this all out on our own, but we do this in a communal setting. And at a time where communal settings are difficult, we gather virtually at our Calvary at home locations together to celebrate his body that was broken, his blood that was shed for us remembering that, that, that no matter what happens, God never gives up on us. He sent his son Jesus to die for us. That's what God has called us to. That's what he has for us. We're gonna pray here and receive these elements together. And as we do that, I wanna pray that God will continue to, to unify us. Just as we saw in the church in Antioch, they were different from different backgrounds. And in the Last Supper, you had men from different backgrounds all gathered around that table together and they were one. That God would continue to keep us as one and that we would never forget the price that Jesus paid. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your sacrifice. God, I thank you for your body that was broken, your blood that was shed for us. As we celebrate communion together, let us never forget the importance of relationship. Let us never forget, Lord, what we are part of, something bigger. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us and direct us. God, continue to speak to us, challenge us. 
Thank you for your sacrifice and what you made possible when you went to the cross and rose again three days later. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can receive those elements together today. Before we go, I just want to pray that God would bless you this week and give you strength. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that speaks to us and leads us, that guides us and directs us. God, that we aren't in this journey alone, that we don't have to figure out everything on our own, but God, that you download the path forward, the solutions as we listen, follow the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, in these coming weeks that we would take time to pray and to listen, that we would take opportunity to fast and to pray and to see what you have for us as a church, but also for us as families, as individuals. God, let us see the Holy Spirit results that only come as we respond to what you speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, Thank you for joining us at our Calvary at Home locations. What an incredible kickoff today. If you didn't join one today, and maybe you're sitting at home by yourself, and you're like, man, I wish I was part of that. It's not too late. Go to calvaryirwin.com slash at home. Join a location, or maybe you're like, man, I got a big house and all this room. I would love to have some people over. Sign up to host a location, and uh, we're going to be the church gathered and dis. Uh, all over the country, all over the area and uh, gathering together. And uh, starting in July, God willing, we're going to begin bringing those at-home locations into the facility. So sign up for a location or host a location. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday as we continue our series, The Antioch Experiment. We're going to be talking about developing people. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Have a great week. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 